Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special show. A very special guest. A friend of ours. We know her from Comedy Sports in Indianapolis. And where I I think when you started there, I was your mentor, technically. I'm not sure what exactly the mentor system entailed, but hopefully I set a decent example. Perfect. Thank you. Exact good. That's what I was looking for. Um, and then, and then since then, you've become a, a staple, I think, of the Indianapolis theater community, and just all around one of the nicest, best people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Frankie Bolda, how are you doing this evening? I'm so good. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. And we, we were we were going to do this uh, back in October. We had to reschedule a couple things a couple times. But I think uh, you were in a show. Is this show still going on, or is that wrapped up now? I'm in a different show. I'm always a, Corey. I'm always doing things. A staple of the Indianapolis um, theater community. It's, you know what? It's it's a it's a heavy burden. No, it's not. It's a it's a delight. <laughs> um, most recently, what I'm working on currently, um, we've got one more weekend for a Charlie Brown Christmas at Booth Tarkington Civic Theater. It nice. will have closed by the time that this airs. Yes. Um, it's uh, um, a big fun time. It, it's it's the same length as the Christmas special. And it's uh, it's like word for word the same show. And so like get to be cartoons. And it's it's a real silly time. And it's, it's delightful getting to see all of these like really <laughs> little kids and like everybody's masked up and but they're like wearing these like so many sequins right oh god it's so cute it's so (laughs) cute so i'm doing that and i did a uh, i got to record something with indianapolis shakespeare company we did um a comedy of errors and it was this one both of these shows were supposed to take place in 2020 in person yeah and so (laughs) they got got pushed back back yeah you know my favorite facebook pictures are now are kids kids with santa claus but santa claus he's not wearing a mask he's wearing that face shield oh really it's hilarious I that. it just looks funny i like the old pictures of kids with santa like from the like 50s and mm. like 30s and they are never like 
good Santas. No, they're they always like creepy. have like a mask on, and I'm like, why are you wearing a mask? You have like a person's face under that. <laughs> oh, it's like a Santa Claus like rosy cheek rubber mask mm. kind of thing. Yes. Weird. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> and it's like the the Easter bunnies too. The same thought, and these oh yeah, kids look so terrified. Yeah. I, yeah. Have you seen, I feel like I've just seen it as like a gif that people have shared online, but it's like somebody in an Easter bunny costume just sitting on a toilet for no reason. looks like they're in a public bathroom and then they like s- slowly scoot over to one side of the toilet and then they pat the other side as if to welcome you to sit beside them. <laughs> Weird. I warmed it up for you. Come here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty disconcerting. <laughs> But, it's like that scene in The Shining where they, I've not read the book. I've mm-hmm. seen the movie many times. I also love The Shining. And the, the when the, he goes and he's running around the hotel and then On his little big the wheel. They show up and there's like this businessman and then this other person in the costume. And I'm like, there's, there's nefarious stuff happening here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, I, I'm trying, it's been a I read the book earlier this year, maybe last year I reread it, but there, I believe that character does show up in the book. He does like have a submissive role to one of the, like, I think it's either somebody who owns the hotel or like some kind of big wig. I don't know if that scene specifically is in the book, but that, that like weird submissive, like wearing a, a puppy suit, kind of like Brent's new puppy is just a human in a puppy suit. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah, it's, it's basically just the shining at Bryn's house right now. And I ride, I ride a big, like a, one of those big wheels, but it's like <laughs> my size big wheel. Oh, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. But no, you reminded me. I when I was in elementary school, uh, I was in a production of "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown," and I don't know. Who were you? I I played Snoopy, and that's delightful. I'm yeah. playing Sally Brown. Sally Brown. So I'm always like, Oh, and people always forget that Snoopy is Sally's dog too. Right. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. People. People. They You're need perfect to... for Sally Brown. Like Thanks. Yeah. Tell, no, me, I... about, tell me about you playing Snoopy. What a bitch. What's that? <laughs> She's so mean. Right. Always pulling the football. Always pulling the football. Yeah. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I feel congested tonight. I got my booster shot. Did you? Congratulations! Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like I feel I feel weird. Like I feel like tingly. Well, really? it's normal, I think. But like yeah. I'm like I feel like congested. Yeah, I got I got I got my booster. I think maybe two weeks ago, and I I didn't I didn't ha- have any serious side effects, but my my arm was super sore, like far far yeah. more uh, than than the first or the second shot. Like I couldn't yeah. raise it like very high at all. Like I could yeah. barely use it for about a day or so. Did you get the thing where like um, your wiener grew twenty percent more? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, my, new, that's no. my new PSA to get people to go get the shot. I think that would. <laughs> you think that'll I work? I think that would work for a very sizable amount of the population. Right. I see what or you did there. Sizable yeah. amount. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. so Brent, you were talking. So tell us a little bit more about your puppy. Did you mention that last episode, or I don't remember? I don't remember either. I'm just I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Because it's like having another, it's like having a baby in the house. Yeah. Because you have to like get, you know, we're like potty training it. We keep it in a crate at night near next to our bed so we can hear it. And the thing, it just sounds like god awful. I took a video of it last night just for the audio. 
Like, it sounds like a rooster is in my room at like <laughs> midnight. Like it's it's insane. You want to hear it? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Let me get this going. Hopefully it'll. Dude, that's terrible. That is the dog. That's that's a man in a dog suit. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. It lasts until like one thirty, and then and then she finally goes to sleep. But then we'll wake up at like I took the dog out at three forty. Kara told me. And when I came back, I put the dog on the bed instead of back in the crate and fell asleep. I don't even remember doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, for you know, like sometimes I will I'll, like I'll put things uh, in the kitchen in the wrong place if I go to bed like super late. And it's, yeah. at, at least you didn't like put your dog in like the uh, like the salad drawer or something, you know. <laughs> oh, OK. In the fridge. In the fridge. The yeah. salad drawer. I pictured like uh, I go above the cabinet drawer where you put silverware. I was like. You have a salad drawer? What is? That? Yeah, isn't that the crisper? Isn't that what? I mean, that's basically yeah. what it is. Your crisper. Yeah, the crisper. Yeah. <laughs> I have a my uh, my boyfriend's brother. They tried to bring in a feral cat, um, so they have they have one cat already, and then this other cat had already been like walking around their house a lot and like coming up to the door, and they would like give him food, and he kept coming back around, and this beautiful cat. Um, they brought it into the vet, make sure that it was fixed and everything. Um, and so they brought it into their house. And this cat was, it, it would fight with the other cat and had like separate it from the other one. Right. And just all kinds of stuff. And he would just, the sounds that it would make, you know, just, just, it, it was this very guttural meow, and I don't yeah. remember how we got onto this. I forgot. <laughs> wow. It's so yep. That sounds yep. like real big pause. Um, and the because it was fighting with this other cat, the they're still deciding like, well, we need to like, do we just set it loose because they have two kids? Because right. um, then like they're gonna try to bring him back in and be like Rufus. They named it Rufus. Come back. And so they're worried about that. And also it's got feline AIDS. They found out. So you can't like just let it out with another thing that they're like, oh, that would be a bad thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's awful. Because the cats, they don't tell each other. (laughs) No. It's like phone call, a kitty cat phone call, just ringing up with their paws. Yeah, cats are notoriously irresponsible uh, with their their sexual histories and following up. Yeah. (laughs) You can't trust them. No, you can't. Yeah. So what happens when you have a barbed penis. All right, that's true. That's true. But uh, so, Frankie, what is the? Uh, I, I love the movie that you've chosen. It's the our first episode we ever did. We covered some of the first horror movies that were ever made in the late eighteen hundreds and the early nineteen hundreds. Um, so, yeah. but other than that first episode, this is the oldest movie that we've covered. So. Which was, yeah, which was cool, right. which was, which was, cause I, the idea is to like span all, you know, all, all of horror and every time and every, you know, foreign films and every horror movie we can. And I was excited to do like something from the fifties. So, yes. uh, so I'm curious. So, uh, will you tell us what movie you selected and, and kind of why you chose it? 
Yes. Uh, so I selected the 1959 um, horror film, The Tingler. The Tingler. Starring Vincent Price. Vincent Price. A legend. Oh, a legend. so good. <laughs> and I realized I'm like, I've not really watched many with Vincent Price. Also, um, I am not, I have in, in the past, I've not been a big fan of horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like a lot of like, gore i i just watched squid game i just finished it like i finished it in a day and a half and it's any time that there's like i finally had time off and i was like i'm gonna use it to just sit around and watch a thing (laughs) and it's like any time that something gets like a hand gets crushed in a thing or like if there's a lot of blood i'm not not super into it yeah uh or like if like the saw films i'm like i i at some point i will watch them yeah but today's not but, that day not today not today not today no well i think Brent, you've seen the squid game i haven't i haven't seen it yet but you've seen you watched the squid games didn't you i watched it in um i think probably for the opposite reasons that frankie did it was like uh, this, i thought the story was really good at first and then but then I can't help it. I, I, I'm I'm really bad at watching TV shows, keeping my attention. Just so I'm not I'm not yucking your yum, as they say. Fair. But like what I would, was doing was I was fast forwarding to like the Squid Game, like the games at the end, and I thought they were all really cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And it was like the cinematography's really good. Yeah. It's uh, it's very well. I will not ruin anything for anyone. It's just it's it's well made. There's a reason why it crashed Netflix in multiple countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And then I did the same thing with the sequel to Tiger King. <laughs> I, I just I skipped to the last episode to see what happens. <laughs> Do they finally king the tiger? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Does yeah. he have his kingdom now, or is he still in jail? I don't know. You probably ate some people along the way. I missed that. <laughs> missed those parts. That's why I watched the first. I haven't watched the second. He's still in jail. Season. He's still in jail. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what. I, that's probably good. That's probably for the best. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and and I think I, I'm with you, Frankie, in that like I know who Vincent Price is, I know he narrated Thriller, I know that he like I remember him from Edward Scissorhands, but he was when he was prolific was like pretty far before I was born. Yeah. So I'm not like super... I think he was on like an episode of like or a, a Scooby Doo movie that was like the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. I think he was like oh, okay. the animated him in there. Huh. That and I think I saw one a scare when I was like a kid. I remember liking a movie that was like way before my time even, and it was like it was like about a wax museum or something like that, and he was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I remember liking it. Yeah. Well, I wonder that. if that episode of Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, and I don't know if Vincent Price was in that movie, the original Thirteen Ghosts, but I know it was done by the same director. the The guy who directed this, William Castle, also did Thirteen Ghosts. So. I I feel like Vincent Price was probably in it, but I don't know that for sure. So, but so it makes sense they would put him in that Scooby Doo episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that does make sense. Though. Yeah, but I like, I, you know, and it's it's just a you don't really have this style of movie anymore. Where at least if you have a lot of talking and a lot of ex- exposition, they get a little more creative with the camera angles. But this one, a lot of it felt very much like a play because they were like standing and talking, and I, I like how the movie started off with like. All right, the premise of this movie is that there's an actual thing called the Tingler and we're going to try and like support our hypothesis with this like pseudo-scientific, you know, maybe the Tingler's a real thing 
and which already exists in every person it's the 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 conceit of the film that like this is already in you and it will uh it will the the hypothesis that oh gosh i didn't i don't remember his the character's name i'll look it up in a sec uh but vincent price dr vincent price what was it again warren Warren. Oh yes, Doctor Warren. So he, uh, his hypothesis is that this creature, if you, uh, when you get scared, it gets larger, is what they have observed, and that okay. if you don't, uh, if you don't scream, it will take over and like get. It's very dangerous. It's yeah. very. It has. It's very strong. Right. It will collapse your spine. <laughs> but if you scream, then it goes back in. And, yeah. What I, I like the whole beginning of this movie is, is Vincent Price and his, like, who's his partner he's working with? His, or no, Dave. Dave oh, is, I thought you meant his his wife that is obviously cheating on him. Oh, which yes. Is, <laughs> yeah. Well, not, he's wait. cheating on her, though, too. I mean, he's going around to all these these different housewives as, like, the doctor is on call. Like, imagine, oh, how, imagine what that was like back then when doctors did house calls. Right. Yeah. They're probably going to the people's houses, deeper. practicing medicine and cheating occasionally. <laughs> but anyway, so but no, I like that he's like, uh, you know, he's like, uh, you know, the vertebrae vertebrae has been cracked. It was obviously by a physical manifestation. He's like, and if they don't release their fear, and I love how they just like jump to these like, well, it must be this, and then it must be this, and then this must be true. And you're like, yeah, okay, sure, you know. <laughs> and he like does. LSD or some sort of like psychotropic drug oh, yeah. to try to like make himself real scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love. I yeah, love that the... was the first time that was shown in a movie before. Oh, was it? Yeah. Nice. Oh, love it. Well, yeah, and I've, I, <laughs> you know, and I've had similar experiences, but never felt like that tingler-inducing fear where I was just like, oh god, I'm so frightened. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm sure. I'm sure other people have had that experience. I haven't had that experience, but watch Squid Game. You might you might get there. Oh, yeah. I think the worst experience I had was watching. I think I've told the story before, but trying to watch What Dreams May Come, and there and and the scene where it just like zooms into Robin Williams' face after he's lost his family, and he's just like so like devastatingly sad. I was I was watching it. I was just like, turn it off. I can't watch. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch this right now. You have to turn this off. It's ruining me. <laughs> I wouldn't watch What Dreams May Come until just like a month after Robin Williams died. So that Ooh. was a bad choice on my part. Yeah. I was wrecked in a different way. I bet. Yeah, and, and Cuba Gooding Jr., he had, or, he had already been ruined by that point too, hadn't he, as a person? Yeah. yeah. Poor oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He, he Apparently, he's very... Uh, uh, he's sexual assaulty with yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. So it's, uh, I take that. For <laughs> okay. What's that? I take back for the, I said poor Cuba, and I'm gonna take it back. No. no. <laughs> he's a he's a poor Cuba. A lot of all of the people named Cuba in the world, he's a poor example of someone yeah. named Cuba. You know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But I like uh, and then I like the first time I it's watched. It's like Cuba sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Cuban sandwiches are delicious. Cuba, the country. The country, yeah, yeah. What else is named Cuba? Just Cuba. Ice Cuba. Rubik's Cuba. <laughs> yeah. And then it's Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. at the bottom, yeah. Teach Cuba Gooding Jay. Sr., maybe we would assume is 
above that. Um, I, I'm not sure. Just one yeah. rung above. I do not know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then Cuba Gooding Jr. at the bottom yeah. of the list. So, um, But I like the – the first time I watched this, I wasn't sure because we meet Ollie's wife who – uh, with no, you know, it's 1959. I like how they're like, oh, yeah, my wife is deaf and dumb. Oh, your wife is deaf and dumb. <laughs> they're just like, they're like, oh, yeah, his wife's a fucking idiot. Like the whole, oh, the whole it's, movie. It is rough. rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his wife's a fucking deaf idiot. Uh, but so at, at first, which I'm, I'm not like as I'm not good enough to be a sign language translator, but my dad's deaf, so I am, like, fairly fluent in it. And it looked like gibberish at first, but I went back, and I think she is doing sign language, so, like, I could tell some of what she was saying. So I don't know if it's maybe just, like, either over time the language has evolved, or there are yeah. different dialects in different parts of the country, or... Because it's, like, the 1950s, right? Yeah. So, like, the sign language is coming off, like, hey, yeah, hey, Dame, why don't you go out there and... <laughs> Yeah, hey, you want to you want to go to a theater and see a movie? There's this thing called Percepto. Yeah, yeah. So, but then, but then, like watching it a little more closely, I was like, okay, like I can see what she's signing, but you know, maybe also she it was just somebody showing her here's what to sign, and she was like, yeah, okay, like I can kind of mimic that hand movement, you know. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but, she's. I think she was like a, a not just she was a. a prolific actor and also a singer and so like learned the sign language specifically for the film um I'm, but i also i wonder if this is like uh the people who are who were teaching her if it's like when you're when you listen to a movie and like somebody has a lot of like dialects uh-huh. and you're like oh that person did not work as hard or, like they did not have as much time devoted to the dialects yes um, that's uh, that's exactly how this felt to me yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what it looked like. That was a question I actually wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me that that would be the, that she like she got pretty close, but at the end of the day, like they've got a they've got a movie to film, they got to get going, you know. Well, can I share? I don't know. Can I share like a, a snippet of a movie that I saw today? Yeah. Yes. It was over my lunch break. There's this war movie on Netflix called like uh, the Forgotten Battle or something like that. Um, but it's like Swedish, I think. Um, Malfoy from Malfoy's in it from Harry Potter, (laughs) from Harry Potter as a different character. And, um, and, and in it, like, there's like three different languages going on. It's about world war two, right? Like Germans, Russians, and, uh, uh, there's some Americans and, um, and, but it's dubbed very well, Mm -hmm. very well. So it's all, it's mostly in English. But, like, there's scenes that were, like, left dubbed where the characters, there's, like, characters who are playing people that speak different languages, and they're trying to communicate with each other a little bit with, like, gestures, mm-hmm. but they're all speaking English. <laughs> okay. So they're, like, being overly, like, yeah, get us a boat. It's like, you mean you want a, a boat? Like, it, it's, it was really weird. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? There were, like, two scenes that I saw that yeah, multiple languages were being said, but it was all dubbed in English. Oh, okay. But they were trying I, to communicate with each I other. see what you're saying. I see. So, they, so, so and it was like they made a mistake or something. It was weird. Uh, What's the name of that movie again? I'll look, uh, um, I think it's called like the battle that was forgotten, or I'll, I'll tell you. Just say it was. It was pretty good. 
Well, like, so then we, like, he goes and meets his sister-in-law, who he likes, and her boyfriend, who is his research assistant. And I I like uh, when the guy, Dave, enters, he he walks in the door, and he just says, cut my head off. And then he he hugs his girlfriend and says, boil me in oil. (laughs) What does that mean? Like, okay, go home. I guess you don't want to be here. Right. What do we think? Went into a holiday party. Cut my head off, boil me in oil. <laughs> yeah. Well, cut my head off, Very boil good. me in oil. Take a holly through his heart. Get me out of here. <laughs> oh, man. And then, and then later, so then we meet his wife, who's obviously like uh, kissing another man right in front of the house before she comes in. And there's the whole scene where he, he like pulls a gun on her, and you think he shoots her, but really he's just trying to frighten her to bring out the tingler. And he says, but he's like, uh, he has the gun pointed at her, and he's like, I'll make a hole in you the size of a medium grapefruit. <laughs> which which is very specific, you know. Which is like when, uh, I don't know, I, I have a lot of friends now who are, like, expecting, and so they have, like, the posts of, like, oh, the baby is this size right now. It's the yeah. size of an avocado, or... <laughs> Those things are surprisingly accurate. These, like, baby apps. I remember Kara had them. Yeah, and then they'll tell you exactly, like, what your baby's doing. And then, like, the baby gets born, right? And the app keeps going. And it'll say, like, here's your first week with baby. And here's what to expect and what the thing is doing. And it's like, yeah, that's what our baby was doing. And then it's like, your kid at 13, and it's like, you didn't let her go to the movies, and now she hates <laughs> you for a week. <laughs> That's right. Keeps going. He's acting yeah. up again. Yeah. She's no. stolen the car. You're That's like, right. this is so oddly specific. Because it's like hacked into your child's, like, your child's social media and cell phone. It like, right. knows everything about it. It's like, hey, it's like she, your she child told... is doing drugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she told you she's not interested. And it was the... The size of a medium grapefruit. Yeah, yeah. The size of a medium grapefruit. <laughs> and you didn't know. Oh man, thank thank you, baby tracker app. You know? yeah. Man, technology. You know, yeah, a hell what of a thing. A hell of a thing. So the beginning of the movie is also kind of weird because he's like performing an autopsy on a random dude who was electrocuted. And then the guy's brother-in-law shows up because the guy who was electrocuted is apparently the brother of his deaf mute wife, right? So the guy just shows up to watch this autopsy, which I don't know, maybe back then, I don't think that's a thing you can do. I don't think you can just get a pass to go Unless watch you're an like autopsy. a doctor and it's like in an operating theater, maybe. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if it's like, yeah, yeah, in an operating theater. But this guy just shows up. And there, there are at least two points in the movie where they, like, go to the guy's house. He lives above a movie theater. And he's like, uh, well, hey, you want to go grab a beer? And Vincent Price's character is like, no, I don't have time. Like, I have to get back to it. I'm like, this poor guy. Uh, you know, all, all all, he wants is a friend. You know? He just wants somebody to drink a beer with. And so and so he's re- he has to resort to scaring his wife to death. Oh, and then that's... Also- when- can you imagine getting a beer with Vincent Price? No. How weird would that be? And delightful. Yeah. <laughs> weird and delightful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy had a great like, voice. I don't feel like he would order a beer. I feel like he would order, like, a Bloody Mary and then laugh about it and then be like, no, I just want straight gin. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
when I think so he orders a, he orders the Bloody Mary and then makes a joke about it and then says, just kidding and then he orders yep. a straight gin to drink okay <laughs> I love, he just pours it out <laughs> it's not in a shoe no he's like, he's, he's like I'm this isn't price. Sunday we don't drink this now <laughs> when I think wasn't it um Brent was it when we were talking about Monster Squad or no 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 oh I think it was that episode with Nicole Bruce where we were talking about um who I love I love Nicole Bruce she's oh. a pretty cool lady right She's super great. Um, I got to do a show with her down in Bloomington nice. at Cardinal Stage, and she made all the props and also yeah. the costumes. And she's just she's super talented, and she yeah. made me look like Zoe Deschanel for a for a photo shoot. Oh, that's cool. I'd like to see that. She does great work. Yeah, that's really cool. We went to high school with her. We like we've known her for like Way back. forever. So we were kids. Ah, yeah. she's great. Yeah. I love yeah. when good people know each other. Yeah. I heard she was born that short. Like she's always been. Well, actually, you can you can check her parents' baby tracker app, and you can see <laughs> if she was she was that tall. Her sister Danielle showed me one time. She was that tall when she was born. Okay. <laughs> just sprouted from her mother's head, but that size. Yeah, yeah. Just bit, pop, yeah. just broke no, right they're, out. they're a big theater family, Frankie. Actually, um, I'd go hang out at her house all the time, and they had like. Um, wall-to-wall um, bookshelves, and it, every I swear to God, every shelf was completely filled with those playbooks. With a script. Those script playbooks from the company. Yeah. Whatever that, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, she and she would, and even in, when we were in high school, we were doing plays and stuff, and her sister Danielle, who, I, what, she's maybe like 10 years older than Nicole, something like that. She, something like that. She's a bit older than Nicole is. Um, but she would always come help do like props and costumes and stuff for uh, for the the school the plays we were in in high school that Nicole was doing. So that was always a good time. But it was oh, but anyway, but we did an episode on Fright Night with Nicole. Oh yeah, sorry. And, no, the, no, you're fine. And there's a character in that movie that's like kind of supposed to be a Vincent Price type character, but at that point in the '80s, whenever this was. Vincent Price didn't want to like play into that stereotype and like typecast himself. So he turned the role down. And I remember talking about it on that episode. We were like, at that point he had been doing, he was like the horror guy for like 30 years at that point. He did yeah. like, he did thrillers shortly afterwards. It, it's, I was like, I don't know. Would it really have, was that the movie? Had he done that one movie? That's the thing that would have pigeonholed him as the, as the, the horror guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. No. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But, but anyway, I want to take a, a detour here. And, and Frankie, I, I, um, I was trying to think, you did some stuff with uh, Defiance with us, right? You did, was I Mom did. and Pop Porno Shop the first thing we did that you were in? It was. Nice. Nice. That was a good, that was a good, and what was your, your, oh, man, I'm struggling to remember right now. Your character, what, were you an intern? at the mom and pop porn shop or what was the, do you recall? I was, I was, oh, you were the the, sister. so it was the, the parents had, uh, had died and like left their, left the shop to their son. I was the daughter mm -hmm. that uh, was like, Oh, I've been around, but I was too young to run the shop. Um, so I got to play Ryan Ruckman's sister <laughs> and there was a, and that, and that was, I did that show, 
um, cause it was right after Jesus is my roomie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't able to even see any of Jesus is my roomie because I wasn't 21 yet. And it was happening <laughs> in, uh, in a bar. So I couldn't go see the show. So it like right after I turned 21 and like, I was doing comedy sports and knew you all. And, uh, I actually got, uh, I remember getting a text message just like a little bit after the auditions, uh, and I think it was from Matt. I'm not sure. Um, it was either Matt or Corey or someone, but they were asking because I was uh, up until this past week, I'd been like a dirty blonde forever. And the, there was another person who was already in the cast that had like the same hair color as me. Uh, and it was like, would you think about like dyeing your hair brunette? And I was like, I don't know. Are you going to pay me? Are you going to pay me enough to actually get my hair done and keep it doing that? Um, yeah. And then get new headshots because then I would have to get new headshots if I got different hair. It was just, I ended up not having to do that. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> it sounds like it was probably a message from Matt Kramer would be my guess. <laughs> probably, probably. But you were, you were great. That was a, that was a fun show. That was a good time. And that was the first one. Cause Matt and, and John Patrick Cohen wrote, Jesus is my roomie. And then that was kind of our first show after John Patrick Cohen moved up here to the Chicago area. Matt wanted to kind of continue doing that kind of um, episodic, you know, stage sitcom. And so it was right after that show uh, where we, and it kind of became me and Matt and Molly who kind of became the, the, the core of defiance comedy. And that was the first show we did after Jesus is my roomie was, was mom and pop porno shop. So that was a, uh, it was a good, it was a good, it was a fun show. I have fond memories of it. It was a great learning experience and like, <laughs> you know, putting stuff together and like getting scripts out on time and, uh, all that stuff, you know, but <laughs> like, I made cue cards and stuff for that because it was like a live sitcom. And like, I like, I remember looking up like a specific, like 1970s style, like, font uh, mm-hmm. because and then like I mimicked that with the I, I put in way more time into that show than I should have probably well I think we it was we probably used those signs for every show we did that I think it was like the same poster boards that we used for other shows going forward so probably because yeah. I was like I'm not gonna make more <laughs> <laughs> right mm-hmm. nice well, anyway, so, well, back to the movie. I think we're about at the point where the, um, Ollie's wife dies. We don't know this yet, but he scares her to death. So then he brings her, and I was starting to think, like, is this indicative of the times? Because I feel like things would be handled differently now, because he brings his wife to Vincent Price, who's like, also, oh, your wife, more. oh, yeah, go ahead, I, go ahead. I, um... <laughs> Realize, like as I was watching this, it reminded me of this story. So I, um, for a short time, I worked at a bank, um, and my boss had multiple children, um, and one of them worked for or had like a very close friend who worked for a morgue, like okay. the, or like a worked at a, um, uh, or the, the people like would the the cops would bring in the like. They, they took care of dead yeah, bodies. More. We get it. It is more. Okay. I'm all sure right, I bud. The yeah. right. It, it late. Frankie brain stopped. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so this person worked at a morgue, and she like 
told us the next day she's like horrified I'm like what happened she's like so um we'll say Jessica because so Jessica um was at work and there's like there's a very specific protocol typically when bodies are brought in mm-hmm. um that that morning an older man like brought his uh like cutlass supreme in and uh, uh he had a he was going into the morgue and he's like oh well we're it's like, well, I, I have a drop off to make. What? So, um, <laughs> in his front seat, wrapped up in a blanket, was his deceased wife. Oh, oh my God! He brought her. He just, br- yeah. Well, because brought her to the mortician to get her, get her get taken her- care of. Yeah. One like, had not called, like, anyone else. Uh-uh. Like, had not called the cops. Had not called anyone. He'd not gone through any of the channels. He's just like, well, I guess she done. <laughs> just <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Buckled her up. Wow. Well, yeah, you wouldn't want her to get hurt and on the car ride. <laughs> no, because then they'd have to use more makeup to cover the bruises or anything. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, on, on, on one hand, I feel like when somebody gets to that point there's usually when they're in that process of passing on there's usually like a call to the hospital an ambulance comes and picks them up and so it go, there's and i feel like then they enter the system where there's like they're in the hospital and then there are people there are people who know what to do with that body right there's like a, there's there's a whole system yeah. but but if you're at that age and you know somebody just passes due to natural cause you like wake up and you're like Oh, she's cold. She's been cold for like four hours. You know, ambulance. You've just done like the job of like five other people. Right. Yep. He's just saving words. Or he's taking work from good, good working Americans. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He's he's stealing work from Americans. This goddamn comedy. It's not immigrants. It's old 80 year old men. 80 year old men who just take their wife straight to the morgue. They skip the whole process. This does sound like something that would happen, like in the '50s or something like that, you know? Or right. Like an old in guy. Right. That was like this this past year. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you like, if you wake up and she's obviously, you know, like, obviously, what do you do? What do you do? What do you, yeah. What do you do? Like, what's what's the point of you know getting a you know getting an ambulance? I mean, a that shit's expensive, but b you're also using resources that really aren't necessary at that point right i'm i'm curious you need life support life i think you did the right thing yeah well I, and it's I'm like cu- calling the non-emergency line right for your loud neighbors right yeah and at, at that point yeah he's just deliver. he's saving the city resources i wonder what the laws i want yeah i wonder like what the proper thing to do in that situation is yeah, because what were they going to do? Like, say, no, you have to go bring her back home and then call the police. <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, wait, then, drive her home and then get an ambulance to come pick her up, take her like, to the hospital. This shit. How did you even put her in your cutlass? <laughs> right, yeah, rigor mortis. He just straps her to the top. <laughs> yeah, rigor mortis is set in. Some bungee cords. Yeah. yeah. Just, there's just, like a little, like, there's deer fur in the top where, like, he's, he's done this before. He's oh, done man. this before. <laughs> oh man! See, you, yeah, <laughs> but, but like, but one of the bungee cords is kind of frayed, you know. So that's like yeah. you're driving, <laughs> you're driving behind them, and then all of a sudden, just like, just like she smacks your windshield, you know. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah. 
I once yeah. was driving in a, like, I was once moving a, a bed, like a box spring and a mattress. And, like, that was the only thing that was in the bed of this truck. And I was worried about that flying out. And so, like, keeping in, like, the wind blowing. And I was like, this is a queen-size bed. It's, if it falls out, it's going to hurt somebody. If mm. if I was driving with with a with a with a dead bot with there if there's a corpse uh, in the back of my car i'm more worried about that flying out right than the, than the bed yeah it might yeah. do less. i don't know who's gonna say is it, it would probably do i think it would probably do less damage than a bed of that size just because size wise but then i don't know it would be more traumatic yeah so well more... i think it, de- it depends on how big the person is right because a bed a bed weighs what I've like I'm maybe fifty pounds. Sure, I I feel like a person has to weigh more than a bed, though. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That's a good point. I haven't thought about it like that. They're more <laughs> compact. Right. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, they're denser. I bet a human oh. would be a more dangerous projectile than like, <laughs> than a box springs and mattress. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I like think even I, if you were a body that was like you're propelled through the air, but like like a frisbee, so like the centrifugal <laughs> force. But that would be funny to see. <laughs> right. You know, like someone like spinning like that. Oh, man. Now, is it like, uh, is, the po- is the axis point, is it like arms and legs out? Or is it like a sky dancer, like those old, like those toys from the 90s where it's so sky dancers, the way that's <laughs> rebuilt. I know exactly. So standing up and then their arms go out. So then they would spin and then they would fly because they had wings. On yeah, their... you hold your hand under it and then it would like. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I think about. I think either I've way. Got, I've got kids. I think either way that's decapitating <laughs> you. If it gets if it, yeah. if it, if you get hit, I think you're just decapitated. Mm-hmm. Either that, way, at like sixty. If you get hit by a body that's spinning in the air. Oh yeah, at like eighty miles an hour for sure, for sure. Yeah, you're not oh, getting yeah. up. You're not getting up from that. No. No. <laughs> that's you know I got yeah. I one time. I was driving on the highway. I think we were coming back from Kentucky and a semi truck's tire had blown. And, and I didn't realize this. And there, there was another car in front of me in the fast lane. And all, I didn't even have time to react. All I saw was like the tread of this tire fly out from this car in front of me. And it smacked the front of my car. And like, I heard it roll under my car and I was like, well, shit, I hope, like, hopefully everything's okay. Like, I'll pull off at, you know, the next exit we get to, I'll pull off and check it out. Uh, well, my car starts getting hot immediately, <gasps> immediately starts getting hot. And uh, so I pull off and this fucking tire tread had smashed the shit out of my radiator. It was, just, mm-hmm. it, it yep. was, it was ruined. So Did like, it smell sweet all the liquid coming out of there? Yeah, I, I, la- I licked it up. You know, don't want to waste it. But yeah, it, my car was done. Like I, it wasn't going anywhere until I got it Damn. fixed. You know, and that's just a little. That's a little tire tread. And it could have hit you in the windshield. Could have, yeah. And, and I dated it, this. I dated this girl that her. She said her aunt was driving down the highway one time, and like a two by four got loose out of the back of a truck and smashed through the windshield and just like impaled her aunt, and she died. Oh, oh my god. god! Yeah, I'm. I'm terrified of that stuff. Yeah. If I'm driving, it, okay, like I swear to God, a couple days ago, I'm driving to work, and this dude's work truck had like three chainsaws, just like willy nilly, no. just laying in the back. No. 
They were not strapped down. They were chainsaws. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, thank hey, you. Corey, don't you have a story where like a relative of yours was like driving in their truck, like arm out the window and got T-boned in their arm? Yeah. Oh! It, it was it was a neighbor of mine. It was the guy my childhood home. It was a guy who lived in a house behind us. But yeah, I'd always see him out there like mowing his lawn with one arm. And and one time, yeah, one time, one time I was like, "The fuck happened to your arm, bro?" And he was like, he was like, "Well, I was driving with my arm outside the car, and some fucker just slammed, just t-boned me and took it clean off." I, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then you never drove with your arm out the window ever, ever, ever. Never, no. no. I, I don't think I will. I don't think I will after hearing that story. Now that you know, yeah, yeah. Kara and I had a cop pull up behind us in a gas station and I was driving and we stopped to get gas and the cop and I went, I went in to pay and the cop came around and talked to Kara because he had noticed she had had her feet up on the dash and he was like, don't do that. You know, he wasn't mad. I'm like, but no, he was like, just like, Hey, there's like a lot of accidents out there where like someone has their foot up on the dashboard. It just goes through. Yeah. it It breaks you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ruins you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. I, I so many times as a kid, like I, the, the, it was like, I liked reading in the car. And mm. uh, so like you have the light on overhead and then my parents would like, and like, sure. Like don't keep that light on. Like that's irritating for the driver. It makes things hard to see anything like that. But instead of saying that my parents said like, no, it's illegal. We will get pulled over by the cops, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get arrested. And, and I was like, "Oh no!" and turned off the light. That's you know, I feel like that's how in times before there was like a centralized police department. I feel like that's how folklore got started, right? Yes. Like parents trying to scare their kids. They were like riding in a horse and buggy or whatever, you know, and the kids would be trying to read by candlelight and the, the, it was like the dad couldn't see or whatever. And he's like, if you, if you turn a candle on in a moving buggy, this demon snatches you out of the buggy <laughs> and bites yeah. the top of your head off. And that's, oh and that's how folklore and legends begin. You know, yeah. I'd be, I remember being in the grocery store with my mom and she'd tell me not, not to touch the vegetables because that spray that comes out was chemicals. <laughs> to preserve the food. Really? I think she really thought that, though. Oh. And I thought that for years until I realized, oh, that's obviously just water coming out. It's not going to aerosol the, the customers with with pesticides. Right, yeah, what's the point of spraying pesticides inside the store? <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what? Speak, kind of to, to pull this all together... I saw all of yeah. the uh, the tornadoes that happened recently in Kentucky mm. and surrounding areas, um, which is like like I you know sometimes sometimes I have more bandwidth than others for tragic shit, and at the moment I haven't read a lot about it, but I did see somebody shared a picture of a tractor that had come in. I knew you were gonna say this. I saw this today. Did you see this? Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I was going to mention it, actually. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. It's yeah. so awesome that you said this. Well, somebody brought a tractor in for repairs because of the, the tornadoes. And uh, did I say tornadoes? Did I say hurricanes at any point? No, you said tornadoes. 
Okay, cool. We all knew what you were talking about. Good. Gotcha. Uh, so they, they brought this tractor in, and it had a corn cob halfway through the window. Like, this, this ear of corn had, like, hit the windshield of this tractor and stopped about halfway through the ear of corn. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, lodged in the window of this tractor. It was wild. Yeah. That, that is no joke, man. I've, I've seen pictures of, like, of like fence posts, like, in rural communities, like, in Kansas or whatever, where, like, yeah. pieces of straw are, Ooh. like, stuck inside of, like, a, like a wooden fence post. Oh, shit, like shrapnel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? That's oh, wild. That, that tornado was, was bananas. That thing traveled over 200 miles. That's wild. Can you imagine anywhere in America just going 200 miles in a in any sort of line? Right. You're gonna hit it. Right. It was crazy. Yeah, that is insane. Well, and especially yeah. like, like straw. I mean, I feel like in a tornado, everything's flying around and everything is dangerous. But if it hits a pile of straw, that's like millions and billions of little needle projectiles immediately flying through the air. Like that's yeah. the worst. You find the needle in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like like you, you get hit with the needle, and you're like, I found it. I found the needle. <laughs> and now I'm dead. <laughs> now I'm dead. But it'd be like a thousand needles, like, <laughs> like death right. by like a thousand cuts or right. something. And then, and then your significant other would just put you in the car, strap you into the passenger seat, <laughs> and just you drive you to the morgue, right? Because at that point, what's the point, you know? Might as well. Yeah. Back then, I mean, you probably, like, would wait for, like, the milkman to come over in this cart and be like, thanks, can you also, like, (laughs) deposit my wife, like, (laughs) at the morgue? I don't... It's like, who had the biggest vehicle? Who was, like, what, what, uh, it's like firefighters, I think, because they had, like, they had to have enough space with the, like, water for, I don't know. There was, I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. It's just, like, a matter of... Yeah, and then two two guys are on like the pump, like, two sided <laughs> pump, pump in the water. Pump. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I like the idea of a milkman leaving in the morning with a truck full of milk, and then returning, <laughs> and then at the end of his shift, dropping dead off people. a truck full of dead bodies at the morgue. <laughs> They've all spoiled. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, it, you know, a modern version of that is laundry and tan. Okay. And like, yeah. And back in the day, like you would go and get your tooth pulled, like at the barber shop. Like that's no joke. You can yeah. get that. That's why it's red and blue uh, on striped on a on a barber's pole. Really? Uh, because it was uh, a barber would also be like a blood letter um, in the in Renaissance times, uh, yeah. or also like pull teeth and like other basic um, humor letting and all of that. Fun yeah. fact. <laughs> nice. I like you know- this conversation. Yeah, well, you know, I, I had a barber at one point who was like very rough with my head, and I, I like he was also a bloodletter a couple times <laughs> just because I've got a, I've got like a mole back here and and uh, yeah, so he he performed both functions. There we go. So. Yeah, <laughs> the traditions never die. Never, never. Yeah, they just they they might lay dormant for a while, but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. What else? What else did you guys want to talk about from this movie? We'll take. So I like. I, I like that he brings his dead wife over, and then he just. But then he wants to take her back home. He's like. He's like, I'll just take her back home for a while before I take her to the morgue or wherever, <laughs> or wherever. <laughs> oh, but one thing I do like is. So this guy, I feel like we need to talk about the director. What was this guy's name? So William Castle, he did 
he did a bunch of this like gimmicky theater, right? Where he he called the Tingler. It was like filmed in Percepto, right? So they so there's a, a thing at the beginning of the movie where they're trying to um convince the audience that if you get too scared, like the, basically that you have a Tingler inside of you and you have to scream to let it out. And I guess he got a bunch of uh, surplus military plane wing de-icers. So they were de-icers that the military would use on the wings of their planes. And so basically they had vibrating motors that would vibrate the seats under some people in the theater to make them, to try and convince them that they had a tingler going on uh, to induce the audience to scream, right? And they also had, um, cause there's a scene in this that it actually like ends up this, the, this tingler goes into the movie theater and then yeah. like the lights go out. Um, so it was completely black screen and you just hear screams going on. They would, in addition to those, uh, the, the, um, company that released the film also sent out like small, like tinglers to the theater um, and so ushers were told to go around and like go underneath people's chairs and like have them actually like feel this this creature on, on them, them so people and like can't see and this is a thing that you wouldn't be able to get away with now yeah. but like great gimmick marketing <laughs> yeah which I and I and he and he did this a lot like this was his thing during the uh, uh, the movie macabre in 58 he uh, took he took out like uh, he had people, he offered like $1,000 worth of life insurance to watch the movie. And he had like nurses and hearses in front of the theater in case anybody like died while watching the movie. Um, during it, House on Haunted Hill in 59, he had flying skeletons with red eyes in the theater. He also had uh, 13 Ghosts in 1960. He had Illusiono glasses, which if you wore the red glasses, you could see the ghosts, but the blue ones would hide the ghosts. Um, and then my favorite one, there was another movie, what's this called? Homicidal in 1961, you could take a fright break. And like, if you, if you asked for a refund in the first 45 seconds of the movie, if you got too scared, you would follow these like yellow footprints out to a yellow box bathed in yellow light. And it, it had a sign called the coward's corner and all, all these, all these signs that said cowards keep walking. Um, nurses offered blood pressure tests and there was a recording in the coward's booth that, and the recording, the recording just said, watch the chicken, watch him shiver in the coward's corner. And, just over and over. Yeah. Just like mocking people for being frightened of the movie. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. You don't really get this anymore, but I love I don't know. I just love the idea of like a gimmick director doing all these like weird gimmicks when they release their movie, you know? Well, what about today? We, what if there was something like your seat could do? I'm not, I'm not talking about like a universal studios, like 3d adventure, right? Yeah. Or like, like the four, the 4d where they spray you yeah, with water. Yeah, yeah. So like if you're, I was thinking about it today, like, like the percepto, like if during a scary part of a scene, if it like, matched up or like the monster was shown in the mirror the bathroom mirror behind the guy or whatever yeah like if it vibrated or, or your seat did something would that be extra scary do you th do you think like if the tension had built and it was like synced up appropriately uh, yeah go ahead frankie oh, yeah, oh, well, I, uh, like 
uh, I went to Las Vegas and they had one of those like virtual reality, like you could like go in and like watch a, you could watch like a, it was like a scary one or like riding a, like a, a Ferris wheel or something. And like a couple of other, like, or a roller coaster, a couple of other things. Uh, so we're like, Oh yeah, just try this scary movie one. And it was like, you're in a, an insane asylum and it was like something, uh, something like kept coming at you with knives and they were stabbing you and the seat like that was like wrapped all around had the like this jabbing motion and I hated it I hated it so much but I kept lifting up my like the the glasses and I was like this is not real you are fine you are safe and then I put it back on like I hate it (laughs) yeah well especially that VR stuff can be because I tried actually just over the um Thanksgiving break my I don't know, like my wife's sister's boyfriend had one of those like Oculus thing, you know? Oh, cool. And the, have you tried those at all? No, no. How was it? It was, Did you try it? it's, it's so immersive. I mean, you, oh, cool. yeah. And I just, I, I just tried it for like 10 minutes, but it's like you immediately like, it's, it's like pretty intuitive where you like, at least the game I played where you can like pick up a gun and shoot it and reload it. And it's, but it's like so totally immersive and you watch those videos of people who are doing it and they just like run into their flat screen yeah. TVs or just like yeah. run into the wall. And, and I can totally, like, I totally understand how you would do something like that when you're in this like closed off virtual world, you know? Uh, can I ask you about it? Just, I'm sorry if, yeah. if, if this is boring, but do you, if you wanted to move a character, do you use like a joystick or do you move in the room? The so the first thing I did, at least in like the couple little games I tried, was the first thing you do is like define your area for for the system. So you're like you, you like point to it and you're like, this is the area of action. So it knows like not to move you beyond your little circle that you're in. Right? Yeah. And so the stuff I experienced was you could you could move a little bit. Um, but then it was more like things coming at you. But I'm sure, I'm sure as the technology develops, it'll, okay. it'll. Well, and I, yeah. I only played like a couple games, you know, so I'm sure there's like other yeah. stuff out there. But, okay, yeah, I'm just curious. Sorry. Yeah, but already, like, it was pretty wild, and and it was so intuitive. Like, I put the visor on. I, I, you have these like a little remote in each hand, and I was, and there are like a couple buttons on the remote, and I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I'm totally new to this, and I was like, oh, I, I push this. Oh, I can pick up the gun. Oh, this pulls the trigger. Oh, this re- okay. Like, and I mean, I was like, "What's the oh a throwing star?" I push this and take it, and then I throw it. Okay, got it. Oh, and it, but it, it was, was like without much prompting. Like, you, it just made yeah, sense what to do. Yeah, z- zero prompting. Like, it's just totally intuitive. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it like, no. yeah, it like remaps your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And you just, and it's very, it's like so intuitive, you know, like you just click the button and you pick her up and then you turn this way and you put her in the car. Right. And then you just you drive, drive to the moor <laughs> in VR. Yeah. It's totally, totally intuitive. Uh, but yeah. It no, ages you like 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you look in a That's mirror. so weird. That story, Frankie. I love that story. It's so strange. And I had a, uh, no, yeah, it's just, it's super weird, and I know one other person who, uh, like, it was a, it, but uh, a teacher that this person had. Uh, so 
would tell this story about like oh, he was having like a lot a lot of bad things were happening in his life just like uh, like wife had cancer and like child had passed away it, it was just all kinds of bad and like he was going he was driving to the hospital or he was going to be going he was going to the hospital to see his child and he had this very very old cat that was that that he had to like take the cat to the vet and like take the cat to be put down and it was just all of these other things and so he's driving on the highway and he's got the cat in his lap while he's driving he just grabs the cat and throws it out the window what that was a a thing that happened (laughs) it hit a semi-truck oh my god and it is and i'm like i what (laughs) yep he just and he just ran out the window, and that's and that's the way that this this teacher would tell the story. Just throw out the window, and it's got hit by a semi. And I feel, and I've heard this story told multiple times because it's it's when you tell the parties, I guess. And, <laughs> and I always feel especially bad for the person who's driving the semi truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you're well, just. Uh, you're making great time. You're driving along, and you're like, just got it. You finally, you're gonna like, okay, well, I'll be stopping in like an hour or so for lunch, and then a cat. Right. Well, that's you know. Oh man, I can't remember because my wife is a is a social worker, right? So I don't remember. I feel like this is a case, like maybe somebody she knew. It's been quite a long time ago. Anyway, the story is this guy, he was in a in a, like a some kind of parking lot and he basically he was like turning he was stopped and he was turning this corner and the way that it was ruled because he had to go to court and they had a whole uh trial about it but he was driving and then he just took this corner and heard this crunch and like felt this bump right and the court he was acquitted because the court found there was no way that he could have seen this little child, right? Oh no. Uh so he was acquitted, but I guess like that like obviously fucked him up for the rest of his life. Like he is having a hard time and I guess like the mom always calls him on the kid's birthday to like talk shit and like guilt trip him about what happened and it's one of the wildest things i have ever heard of and like tried to imagine actually experiencing as a person just like driving a truck you're there's not like he did nothing wrong he couldn't see what was happening kid just runs in the wrong place and then just have like the rest of your life fucked like that you know yeah so this has been headcanon (laughs) I'm so sorry I'm yeah. so sorry I brought this upon you all no people people thought they were tuning into this like black and white Vincent Price 1959 movie and then this it's actually the darkest episode we've ever done <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> no I love it it's what I had I haven't thought of that in in, in years that's yeah yeah <laughs> but this but oh, i did i've got one yeah go um, ahead. 
I heard this, I had this teacher friend one time. She had these like um, like gerbils in her in a cage in her classroom. Okay. And this gerbil had like like OCD gerbil, right? Like had the zoomies all the time. It would go. It would run up the wall of the cage, run down the wall of the cage, up the wall. Of the, like it wasn't even distracting anymore to the students. Right. It, it was like background noise. Like this gerbil would climb the cage and climb down, climb the cage, climb down. Well, she's teaching, right? And um, there's like a lull. She's like, "Okay, students, now you do some like independent work." Again, that noise going up and down. Suddenly, the noise stopped. Like so, it was like audible or wasn't audible anymore. And she says that like every it, it, she looked across, looked out into her classroom, and every kid was like transfixed on the cage. And she looked at the cage, and the gerbil was hanging by like like one claw like, on the top rung, and she said that, like, it, like, let go, and, like, fell, and, like, turned, and just, like, it hit its head on the water dish, and just died. <laughs> oh, no. In front of the class? In front of the entire class. Oh, God. That's so traumatic to those kids. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine strapping that to the roof of your car? <laughs> like one gerbil with one like industrial grade like bungee cords and taking right. that. And then you show up to the morgue and they're like, what the fuck? Bury it they're in like, the yard. Okay, yeah, and they have like a little drawer. <laughs> they have a spot for it. And what they pull out, you they pull out the tiny tiny little drawer and file it away. Like the tiny kitchen. So there's like the tiny kitchen and it's like, you make, they make these like really adorable, like small, like cakes and like yeah. pasta and all the stuff. But then they actually use like little tiny, like knives and like a little itty bitty oven. So like I'm picturing for, for the, for the gerbil, you've got like, it's like this tiny morgue. And so they have the, like the, the kitchen, like, what do you the hide in, but in like little itty bitty tubes. <laughs> I want to see a, like a mortician who is a gerbil, and it's got like the gloves on that go down. <laughs> Little gerbil mortician. With beady eyes is performing autopsies on other gerbils. That's amazing. And like all of these other gerbils, like I have other professions. Like yeah. this one's oh. an ice road trucker. This one's a doctor. <laughs> Frankie, you could take anything and make it so damn cute. You're right. Yeah. Well, that's I love this little gerbil world we've created. <laughs> Thank you. I, wa- I would watch the television show Gerbil Ice Road Truckers. I legitimately want to see Gerbil Ice Road Truckers. Yeah. Now I do too. <laughs> yeah, um, man. It's like some country, some like hardcore country music playing, and it's like it's it's the, it's like filming inside the cab, and the right. gerbil is just like <laughs> the, the, all the, about it, grabbing the CB. And he, he like looks yeah, over at you, and he's. he's He's like, yeah, yeah, that's I, he's like, I've been, I've been driving these roads twenty seven years. <laughs> His high pitched gerbil voice. Oh my god! Oh Jesus Christ! All right. oh, my booster, my, my booster's taking over. Your pain in your booster. I'm getting, I'm getting slap happy. Well, well, I just wanted to mention a couple more things before we uh, get into head cannons and the end of the show here. This uh, I read that this movie inspired Joe Dante, the guy who directed the Gremlins movie. And in Gremlins 2, there's that scene where, like, the Gremlins uh, corrupt the reel of the movie. It, like, it, and, it, and then it goes to that movie theater, and Hulk Hogan stands up and turns around, and he's like, Hey, turn the movie back on, brother! Don't make me come up there to the booth! <laughs> like, so, which seems to have been inspired by this movie. 
And who's then, our friend? Who's our Instagram friend that does Hulk Hogan and Jinkos? Oh, that's a good question. Who's that guy? We had him on the show a long time ago for Danger Explosion. For Danger Explosion. But he just posts. At first, he would just post the same picture, and it's of Hulk Hogan and, and a pair of Jinkos. And it would be like a different post every day, like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. Keep on keeping a big inspirational message, but like, it'd be like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan said it. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget. I forget who that is. Uh, but then uh, he was also, this director was loved by John Waters, famous director, and Robert Zemeckis, who created uh, Dark Castle Entertainment, which they still make movies. And it was, they've gone away from this since, but it, the concept behind that company was to remake William Castle's movies. And they did, in 1999, they made House on Haunted Hill. And then in 2001, they remade 13 Ghosts. Um, but then that was, then they started just doing other movies. But that was the, that was the concept behind that production company was to remake William Castle's movies. Nice. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Nice. Well, do you guys have anything else, anything else you wanted to talk about or cover before we get into head cannons and kind of in the episode here? I've been watching YouTube videos about glitter bombs. <laughs> oh, is that when they like pop out of an envelope? No, dude, this guy, this guy, he's done it like four different times where he's constructed like multiple ones and like inside the, and he puts it in like a fake box that looks like some Beats headphones or something. Okay. And yeah, he sets like them around so people, he'll put them in a car and people will take them. And so it's insane. Like the guy has thought about everything. And so like the first 20 minutes of the video is him like showing you what he did, all the little intricacies that he's placed in it. So anyway, I'll save you that. It, it, he's got, he'll, he'll like have like ring doorbell footage of like someone taking a package. And then the next shot is of it either in the person's car or back in their dirty apartment. Right. Mm hmm. And there's little peepholes where, like, the cameras can see through the box. Nice. And the person begins to open the box, and Kevin McAllister's voice comes on, or no, is like, "Hey, you thirsty? You want some more?" Or something you like filthy that. animals? Or it's like, is it that or it's one? The um, angels with Ain filthy whatever. Yeah. It's like keep the change, you, you filthy, filthy animals. animals. And then I mean, he's got like it's over a pound of glitter. That is dispersed in like separate like shots. It's so, like the first shot is like a quarter pound of glitter just like spins on a wheel and fires into this apartment. That's hilarious. And then a loud noise happens. And then like these things turn and push down like a little like um, spray pump of like a uh, fart spray basically. <laughs> and just like floods the person's apartment with this. And then like and then it does this. It'll do it multiple times. So that and then it, then eventually it goes like. 15, 14, 13, <laughs> but you see video because on all four sides of the box is a, is an iPhone. That's like, it's like recording video and sending it to a cloud. Right. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. Great. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. It's just something I watched. Fucking earlier. thieves. That's what they get. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, do you guys, do you have an idea for a head cannon for this movie or, or I can go ahead if you want. I'll go first. Go first, Corey. All right, well, I was—I mean, this movie seems, like, obviously set in 1959, but I, d I don't know if they ever say when this movie is set, you know? So I like to imagine that 
maybe this takes place a little bit closer to modern times, you know, and maybe 20 years or so from now, these characters, Vincent Price and his partner, um, you know, Dave, they're still dabbling in this kind of like pseudoscience, like, oh, well, people get frightened and maybe they die of fright and maybe there's something called a tingler and maybe if you can scream, you can, you know, let out your fear tensions. And so, you know, so then the year, you know, 2020 rolls around and this thing called COVID starts infecting people and they're like, they're like, oh, well, this is, you know, maybe if you took this stuff called ivermectin, which is uh, made for horses and parasites, maybe you could take that and just take this amount of it and it would cure your COVID. And so then they're, uh, so it's really these characters who are uh, propagating the the use of ivermectin as a, as a COVID relief, you know? So that's my, that's my head. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you got one, Frankie, or you want me to go? I, I, I've got one. So in my head canon, um, the, the, um, so we only see the tingler a couple times, but mm-hmm. in my head canon, um, the, uh, the tingler is actually like a pet. Um, and when they finally do extract it and like get it all cleaned up, it's just misunderstood. And it actually is just, um, a gerbil, uh, <laughs> So uh, a, a very well-established tingler uh, can be uh, fed and groomed and taken care of and actually uh, start working on different jobs. Right. Uh, and so there's an entire universe wherein uh, these little uh, tingler gerbils are actually like working as like ice road truckers and morticians and I want to see that. Yeah, I love it. I want to see that. I want to subscribe to that channel that plays nothing but like regular television shows, but all with casts of gerbils. gerbil tinklers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there are some websites you could go to and probably buy a gerbil tingler, you know? And I don't think it would be what we're, what we're thinking no. right now. No, it wouldn't no, be. There's, like, there's just like a TV show of like young Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a gerbil, a tingle yes. gerbil. I like it. <laughs> like, um, what, what do you got? I, I, was th- I was thinking of like Percepto mm. and where that technology could have gone. And I figured like it would take just like a bunch of pregnant women and set them in the theater and then show them like images of like different fruits, like growing over over time and at certain points like they activate percepto to induce labor and just make a fortunate and they have the they have the 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 doctors and everything else is outside just Mm -hmm. wet ready Ready to go go, yeah yeah they make a real killing on like february 29th every four years everybody's like "Ooh, i want my baby to have that birthday yeah if you check it out celebrating until every four years if you check it out in the first 90 seconds you have to go sit in the coward's gonna waddle out (laughs) you gotta you gotta sit in the coward's corner and it's like you're not brave enough to give birth boo Oh, how terrible. You'll be a terrible mother. Oh. You're gonna make all the same mistakes your parents did. Right. Uh, the vegetables are sprayed with pesticides. Yeah. <laughs> toss toss them out the window like a feral cat. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
that's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, the world needs more percepto vision. You know what? <laughs> I feel like that might be something that becomes legal in Texas in the near future. You might see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah. Frankie, it's been great having you. It's been great talking to you. And is there, uh, usually at this point, I just want to ask if there's anything you, this will probably come out in, uh, February because we're, we've got quite a backlog of episodes at the moment. Um, great. but is there anything you want to plug or, or point people toward or, uh, share while you're, while you have the ears of 12 to 15 people who might listen to this at the moment? Hooray! Um, I mean, uh, check out, uh, comedy sports in, mm-hmm. in, check out your city. There are over 30 different, uh, cities that have a comedy sports, uh, across the United States and also in Manchester, England. Uh, some of them are still doing virtual performances. Uh, some of them are back to doing live and in-person stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Is the one in Germany still there or did it shut down? It, it shut down. Oh, that's so, that's unfortunate. Makes me sad. There's, there's part of me in my head canon. I'm like, if, if COVID hadn't happened and if like I'd made a couple of other choices, like I would be living in Germany and Berlin and like running the comedy sports there. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I'm just going to. With the iron fist. (laughs) Frankie. I'm going to believe that from now on. I'm just going to assume like you're, I'm going to talk to you a year from now and be like, how's Germany? And you're going to be like. I'm like, it's great. What? (laughs) It's great. Cats all over yeah. the Audubon. Yes. Oh, drive very fast, very yeah. fast there. Yeah, check out comedy sports. There might be. There's a. There are improv. Uh, there's improv all over. It's um, uh, comedy for all ages. Uh, it's been going since the '80s, so it's we're doing yeah. something right. Um, <laughs> and also, they do other uh, those different cities how they're all local performers they're all local businesses um i am partial to csz indianapolis um i worked as their box office manager for five years nice Super fun. and a co-artistic director for one year oh wow awesome I know that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah per- for me, I, it's so awesome when like the, the group that you came up with it was like uh, i think we were talking a little bit uh, about this the other night, and and it was, it was just like when 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 you, your group came, it was like, oh, I've got like brothers and sisters, like I've got little brothers and sisters now. Oh yay! Yeah. Like, oh, was that was that crowd. when we were, were we talking to Mookie about that? Yeah, and then um, yeah, absolutely. Next week we go even further back in time to cover the 1954 Universal Monster Horror Classic creature from the black lagoon and as always you can check us out on social media on facebook at danger explosion presents head cannon on instagram at head cannon pod on twitter at horror movie pod and you can always visit the subreddit r slash horror movie pod all right well a pleasure having you on thank you for bringing us this movie and 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 taking this time with us and uh and so thank you for coming on frankie and everyone at home thank you for listening this has been head cannon